What's up, fam? Welcome back to the Let's Go podcast. I am so excited for today. Today is extremely special, and I know I say this every week, but this time it really is because this is our 100th episode of the Let's Go podcast, and we are doing something very special. So if you saw on my Instagram, we did a giveaway, and we gave away for five people to come here with a guest to be a part of this, like, audience for my podcast and this is the coolest thing ever so i actually have friends in the room today make a little noise make a little noise i have friends here from all over we just met and this is just the coolest thing i just want to say thank you everyone who's listened to the podcast this is amazing that this is our 100th episode it has come so far since we started and i've enjoyed every part of the journey today is going to be a little different i'm not interviewing anyone it's just me and my friends and i'm actually going to be sharing a message today from my new book, Who Are You Following? That's coming out in February. So this is kind of a book launch, 100th episode. This is a good day, a day the Lord has made. We are easily rejoicing today. Um, And I'm just stoked. I'm stoked to share this message with y'all. It's one that has been on my heart for a while. I've shared bits and pieces of it throughout the past years. If you heard my passion message, um, Does God Love Me? This is kind of like a spinoff of that or even like... um, kind of more thoughts after I gave that message. I was thinking about that. And this is in my new book. So um, as I was preparing for this, you know, I obviously was thinking about all of you, but I was also thinking about there are going to be girls in this room who I am able to share this word with. Um, So I'm kind of going to be looking all over. I'm going to be looking at my friends, but I invite you to join us in this conversation because if anything, I think that this can be a breakthrough moment for every single person listening. So my first question to literally everyone here, and everyone listening online is, do you have a past? Yes. Okay. I thought we'd all be in agreement that we all have a past. If you don't have a past, I'd be like, how'd you get here? That's kind of weird. <laughs> but I'm excited to know that we're all on the same page here. Okay. Um, I have a little bit of a deeper question. Do you have a past that you're not proud of? Yes. Okay. So now we're getting a little bit more serious. The tone has shifted. Um, and I think most everybody has a past that you might not be proud of. Um, And that is why I wanted to write this chapter in this book. My book is Who Are You Following? But I think a lot of times the thing that stops us from following God is who we used to be or who we used to be known as or what we used to be a part of or what we did that we think disqualifies us from following God. So the reason I wrote this chapter of the book is because I had met this girl she was like a beautiful girl, so sweet, love her, and she had a bad past. She made a bad mistake in high school, and that mistake was made public. And um, then, that, and that was years ago. It was like her freshman year of high school. Then she goes to college, and she's trying to get in a sorority. And all of these sororities would not accept her because of the thing that she did like four years ago that everybody knew about that resurfaced when she you know, had this opportunity to go to college. And I just thought, man, that is so sad, like that she can't have this opportunity to, you know, continue on into her future and something that she would love to do because of something she did that's not even a representation of who she is. Mm -hmm. Like she's changed since then. Like that's not even her. Like it was so unfair. And I think a lot of times, like not just in the sorority world, we feel that in the church. It's like we can't be accepted into that because of who we used to be, what we used to do, what we used to be a part of. And I think that that's a really hard thing. Um, And it's hard to get past your past. It's hard to press past your past and follow Jesus, especially whenever like it's public. I remember this is like not even like a bad thing to be known as, but this was just a funny thing. Um, So my family had a TV show, Duck Dynasty, 
and everybody kind of knew me as the Duck Dynasty girl, okay? Because like I didn't really have like a big part in the show always. I was just like the daughter, you know? And so I would like be in public and people would be like, are you that duck girl? And I'd be like, no, I'm not the duck girl. And people were like, are you that girl from Duck Dynasty? Are you the duck girl? And it was actually like so funny because it happened so much that me and my friend Lainey uh, found this like duck hat one time. It was like a duck mask. And I literally put it on and walked through a store. And Lainey was like, are you the duck girl from Duck Dynasty? And I was like, yes, it's me. Um, but no, it was actually frustrating like so much. I was like, no, I'm not the duck girl. People would say like, are you Willie Robertson's daughter? Are you Willie's daughter? Are you, you know, and I'm like, no, like, I'm me. Like, that's not who I am. Like, that's a part of me. That's something that I was a part of. That's something I did, but that's not me, you know? And I think that's a funny example, but it's frustrating when that's like, um, an example of something that you're ashamed of, or you're embarrassed of. It's like, aren't you that girl that used to party? Like, aren't you that girl that did this? Aren't you the girl that, like for me, even that dated all those guys? Or aren't you the girl that used to have panic attacks? And you're like, yeah. And then you start to be like, well, actually, is that me? Like, and so there's this tension of like who I was and who I actually want to be. And it, it, Christian and I have talked about this a lot. Christian's here too. For those of you are watching, I, I point at him because he's he's over there. We have a, a little bit bigger audience today because some of my friends and my mom are, is here. And we talk about this a lot because Christian used to be like so bound by his past, so stuck at his past because he had a wilder past and he, you know, came into the Lord. But it was this tension of like, oh, but they all know me for that. So how can I really embrace who I am? And I think that that is such a strategic tactic of the enemy. I mean, seriously, when you think about it, you're like, well, duh, he would make you want to feel stuck. Because as long as the enemy can make you feel stuck in who you were, he doesn't have to worry about who you're going to become. If he can make you feel like, no, that is who you are. No, no, you did do that. And, he, and somebody can come up to you and say, weren't you that person? And as long as you feel stuck, he doesn't have to worry about the world seeing a miracle. He doesn't have to worry about the world seeing the power of the gospel. He doesn't have to worry about someone going from dead to life. He doesn't have to worry about any of that. As long as you can, he can make you feel like you are who you were, you are your mistakes, you are all these things, and you are stuck there. So I want to read a verse to you. It's in Romans 6, 1, uh, 6, 1 through 4. Sorry, uh, We're going to read a couple verses today, but I love this. It says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue to sin so that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? Do you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried before him with baptism into death in order that just as Christ raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. So there, there is this, the power of the gospel is that we have a hope of the newness of life, that there is a resurrection story for us. And so I want us all today, no matter what past you have, no matter what your background is, no matter what you're known as or known for or what you did, to actually be able to step into who you're going to become. So here's my questions for us to ask ourselves. How do I become who I am when everybody knows me for what, who I was? That's like the question that I've kind of proposed this day. And I think number one um, is that you have to know who you are. You have to know it. And you have to know what God's word says about you. Because if you don't know who you actually are and who you've become and what the word says about you, then you will listen to the voice of the enemy. As soon as someone comes up to you and reminds you of what you did, you would probably shrink back and say, oh, like you're right. I feel so much shame. Like, yeah, that was me, you know. 
If you don't know, actually know I am whole. I am redeemed. I am washed by the blood of God. I am an ambassador for Christ. I have become new. That is the power of the gospel. If you're not rooted in that, then you're going to believe a lie of enemy. You're going to believe yourself. You're going to believe the people, what the people say about you. You're going to believe the comments that people post on your Instagram. And so I think what you have to do is you have to have that weapon in your heart. So when someone does come up and says something to you and reminds you of who you were, or whenever the sorority drops you, or whenever you don't get the job for whatever reason, or whenever you're not in the relationship, or whenever the enemy himself gets right into the, you know, worst part of your brain and tells you that, you have to say, actually, no, that's not true. That is who I was, but thank God for the power of the cross. He sacrificed himself and then died and then resurrected so I can live a new life. And actually, I'm not that person anymore. I am brave. I am bold. I'm redeemed. I'm whole. I'm free. I am walking in love because I am loved. I am confident. Like, you got to speak those things out for yourself because no one else is probably going to do that. You know, like I can do that right now for everyone here. I can say like, you are whole, you are redeemed, you are loved, you are a child of God, you're free. Like, don't you see it? But like, unless you say it and you believe it, it's not gonna activate, it's not gonna change. Haven is growing up before our eyes and she is a fun little girl. She loves games, she loves peekaboo, she loves patty cake, she just loves being entertained. Playing and spending time with my girls is one of my very favorite things to do and letting them learn from play is a great way to help them grow. KiwiCo is here to help do that with fun projects and hands-on learning. Each monthly crate is packed with activities to introduce them to art, science, and technology, so there's always something new for them to explore. KiwiCo offers nine different monthly programs to choose from for kids of all ages, from infants to teenagers. It can be a struggle sometimes to find ways to keep kids off the screens and fully engaged and having fun, and that's why I'm so thankful for KiwiCo, because it does the work of creating fun, interesting projects that come with all the instructions and materials needed. All the materials are high-quality, kid-tested and designed by experts so that you know they're going to love it. KiwiCo lets you pause or cancel your monthly crates anytime so there's no long-term commitments to make, but I know that you're going to love watching your kids do this, so you are going to want to get it every month because you're going to see their confidence grow, their skills that they're learning, and it's so much fun. Honey actually just got this baking set from KiwiCo, and it's so cool because it has all the elements of baking, so right now she's just having fun with the baking side, but eventually it actually is teaching her fractions, so it has all the little fractions put out on the cake that she's making and so it'll be fun to see as this toy she plays with she ends up growing and learning some math as well haven is loving all the little projects as well kiwiko is so creative and how they have fun with the kids and um, it's just really fun to explore we've also given some of our boxes to her cousins that they love too that might have felt a little bit older range um, but they have it for everybody like i said even haven at nine months is loving it so redefine learning with play explore projects that build confidence and problem solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month on any crate line at KiwiCo.com with the promo code SadieRob. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo, K-I-W-I-C-O.com with the promo code SadieRob. If you haven't checked it out yet, LO has a new website. It looks amazing. It's the same website, I guess, but a new face to it. It looks so good, so pretty. And stamps.com actually helps you get all those pretty things into your arms. Stamps.com is here to help you keep your business rolling. Postage prices just increase again, y'all. So thankfully, stamps.com has the best discounts in the industry, like up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. 
They automatically tell you the fastest and cheapest shipping options, which will save you and your team time and money as you, you know, navigate all the different options. Plus, Stamps.com seamlessly connects with every major marketplace and shopping cart, which is super helpful. All you need to get started is a computer and a printer. Stamps.com will even send you a free scale so you'll be ready to go as soon as the orders start coming in. You can print postage from wherever you do business, and if you need a package pickup, you can schedule it right on the Stamps.com dashboard. It's super easy. For 25 years, Stamps.com has been there for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing checks, invoices, merch, books, all the things. With Stamps.com, you can have access to all the services you need for your business anytime, day, or night. LO uses Stamps.com. Like I said, we have all kinds of merch out right now. We actually even have Whoa That's Good merch for all you Whoa That's Good listeners. We have all the books on there. So go check out the LO website and we'll use Stamps.com to get it to you. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code WOE, W-H-O-A, for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code WOE. If you're a business, you need this. The second thing is you actually have to commit your life to Jesus. You got to commit. I think that is a huge part of the book that I talk about is like committing. When you're going to follow God, you got to commit. So many times we're like, okay, like I'm going to raise my hand. I believe in God, but like I'm not going to change anything about my life. It's like, well, did you actually believe in the gospel? Because like the gospel, it requires like a huge change, like a dead to life situation. Like everything changes. Like who I used to be is not who I am. And so you have to commit because you can't fully be who you're going to become when you're still living the life that you used to live and who you were. Like it would actually be super weird if Paul, this Christian who wrote like all of these New Testament books was still murdering Christians. You'd be like, uh, so, something ain't right about that, you know, like, hold up, uh, I see some, uh, something off here, you know, like the powerful thing about it is that he committed and that he didn't turn back, is that he went and met with the disciples despite the fact that they were scared of him, literally scared of him, he pressed past all that. If you think about all these people in the Bible, so many people had to press past the past to be um, who they were called to be and to actually step into what God was going to do. Like think about Moses. Moses was like this, you know, super, um, it was actually kind of weird whenever you read the story of Moses, like he was super intimidated, he was super nervous, he actually had a horrible speech impediment, all these different things. He also murdered someone, so that's, you know, not great. But then like, he still led an entire generation out of slavery because he walked with God in that moment. You think about Gideon. He was like a very like insecure person. Like I'm the weakest of them all. He led an entire army, okay? He got over his past and he moved forward. When you think about um, Paul, this is the best, one of the best examples. It's like he was literally murdering Christians and then he became a Christian himself and wrote like half the New Testament, if not more than half. And, you know, if you really think about this, had these people not pressed past the past, do you understand that our life would look different? Like in 2021, thousands of years later, our life would be completely different if Paul never actually pressed past Saul. Isn't that very interesting to think about? Like, what's your favorite Bible verse? It's probably something Paul wrote. Like, we think, I can do all things through Christ's truth means Paul. Like, we think about, like, there's no height or death, nor angel, nor demon, nor past, nor present, nor nothing that can separate me from the love of God. 
Paul. He said that. So this guy who literally used to kill Christians is saying there is nothing. There's no height, nor death. There's no angel. There's no past. There's no present. There's no future that can separate me from the love of God. But then why, why, why do you feel like you can be separate from the love of God? Why do you say, well, because I, well, Sadie, because I did this. Like, do you, I mean, if, if anyone ever knew that, I would be so disqualified from living this life for God. Well, Paul didn't feel that way. He could have definitely felt that way. I mean, think about Peter. Peter was this guy who, I mean, I see so much of myself in him, it makes me laugh. He's like, I'm so brave, I'm so bold, except for, do I really believe, oh no, I'm falling in the water. Like, you know, he's like, I'm gonna cut your ear off. I don't even know the guy. Like, he's like so brave and like so fearful at the same time. And I, I see that in myself. Like, I can just go so hard and then just get chicken over like the weirdest stuff. But like, he was just so awesome. And so Peter's a great example because Peter had to press past the past of even denying Jesus to then walk with God in the future. But Peter was the rock that Jesus built the church on. So even if Peter, Peter didn't press past the past. We wouldn't even have a church. Like yeah. Acts 2, like the whole thing, like Peter led that moment. And so you have to see that like we are impacted by people pressing past their past. So you got to think about that in your own life. What people am I going to reach whenever I finally get past who I used to be and actually become who God has already redeemed and called me to be? Yeah. You know, like live the life that he's called you to be. Don't let people, don't let your past hold you back. We have to start living this way like don't I just when I think about it I'm like it's so just crazy because it's literally what the gospel is like if you'd open the book and you read it you're like wait why do I feel like I can't do something because I'm a sinner even though Christ died for me while I was a sinner and the whole reason he came down is because I am a sinner and then he resurrected so I could have a new life it's like you see what I'm saying like why do we get in our head it's because the enemy is he's smart he's good like that um one thing I wanted to talk about was the life of Peter, because Peter's life, I, I talk about Peter's life a lot. Y'all might have heard my message from Passion, and I love the story of Peter because it's such a redemptive story, and I do see a lot of myself in him. But one thing I love about the life of Peter, because I kind of talked about like committing to God, is that once you commit, it's really hard to go back. And I put it like this in the book. Once you follow Jesus, it's hard to unfollow Jesus. It's really easy to unfollow someone on Instagram. You're like, eh unfollow. And trust me, like, it's so funny because people are like, oh, you have so many followers. I'm like, it's so funny. Like, if you look at my Instagram account and, and people have said to me, like, I'm scared to like, you know, claim Jesus because like, I'm going to lose followers. I'm like, do you want to go look at my analytics? I like gain like 6,000 followers a day and I lose like 5,000 every single day. So like every single day, 5,000 people are like, nope. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, great, I gained. But also, like, 5,000 people are like, I don't really like what you're saying. So, like, you know, it's easy to unfollow. And we can do that. We have the ability to do that. That's fine. If people don't like what you say, they can unfollow. But Jesus is actually different. It's actually really hard to unfollow once you've tasted and seen the goodness of God. Because once you've seen it, and you try to go back to your old life, it's no longer fulfilling. And so what's happening is it's like we've seen it, we want to do it, but then we actually are scared to commit because what if people think this about us and we try to go back and then we feel empty because now we know this has no meaning, but we're just doing it because this is what people, you know, say this is what we should do and this is what's cool and this is what's trendy. And it's like, but actually this is not doing anything for anybody. And Peter actually tried to do that. So the story of Peter, in a nutshell, Peter was a fisherman. Jesus shows up one day, and I was like, drop your net, follow me. So this fisherman drops his net, follows Jesus. 
they become bros literally like best like i know it's kind of funny term but like for real bros like best friends like they did everything together like if you read the word like that is like his person okay like he was there for everything that like jesus went through um and really just stayed super close well at the end of jesus's life jesus says like you're gonna deny me four times before the rooster crows and peter's like i will never do that like you're my ride or die and then the next night he denied him three times like before the rooster crowed in the most insane settings like there was a servant girl who was like aren't you the guy and he was like nope not me and then it was like the guy it actually was the cousin of the guy's ear he cut off which the bible i love that they put that in there i'm like that is so weird but then he was like (laughs) nope not me so he like denies him all this time then what does peter do after that he goes back fishing because he's like well this is over i'm i ruined that you know, I think sometimes we do that. We get in this life with Jesus and we realize like, oh, we messed up. So we go back to our past. Mm-hmm. Well, this isn't working out for me. So I need to go back. So I went back fishing and guess what? He was catching nothing. He was coming up empty handed. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how it happens for us. When we go back to our past, it's empty. It's not fulfilling. We don't get anything from that. So he's sitting there and then Jesus shows up. And Jesus, you know, gives a little advice like, hey, cast your net on the other side. Like, you're looking in the wrong place, bro. Mm-hmm. So he casts it out on the other side, and they come up with all these fish. But what's amazing is when Peter, when Jesus showed back up in Peter's life, they didn't know it was Jesus at first because Jesus looked different. But then they realized it was Jesus. And I have to think about myself in this scenario. If I was back doing what I used to be doing after having this insane, amazing relationship with Jesus— and Jesus showed back up where I was at, and I realized it was Jesus. What, what would you do? Would you be a little scared? Yeah. I mean, I'm like, like, I just denied you. Like, I would be a little scared. I would feel like this is not good. Like, I would probably, like, hide. You know, like, this, this is not good. And I think that's what we want to do is, like, when we feel like we've done something bad, we want to hide. Like, we want to hide our past. We don't want anybody to know our past. And I will say, for those listening, I'll acknowledge this. I think the church has made us feel like that way sometimes. Yeah. And I'm, uh, not every church. I think the global, sometimes the church and religion will make you feel like you need to hide. That's too far. That's too bad. Like, Jesus, no, you can't even be in proximity with Jesus, you know? But, like, that's actually not how Jesus is. And yet I know that because when I read the story of Peter and Jesus, who Peter knew Jesus more than anyone, or any of us, he knew, he knew Jesus so much. And Jesus knew Peter. And went, so, so Peter knew the character of Jesus in that moment. And it was not his first reaction to hide. Listen to actually what he did. This is in John 21. We're just going to start, like, literally, we're just going to read one verse. John 21, verse 7. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. So they're out fishing and he realizes it is the Lord. Listen to what he does. When Simon Peter heard it was the Lord, he put out on his outer garment for he was stripped for work and he threw himself into the sea. He, th- he did not hide in the boat. He threw himself into the sea. He got to Jesus as fast as he could. Notice something. He did not hide. He threw himself. And then he did not avoid breakfast because that's what we do. I'm just going to avoid this conversation. This is so awkward. I hate confrontation. No, he sat there and he had breakfast with Jesus. And then Jesus redeemed the past moment. Jesus said, do you love me? Yes, you know, Lord, you know I love you. Do you love? Yes, God, you know I love you. Do you love? Yes, God, you know I love you. It wasn't Peter begging Jesus, do you love me, God, after I made a snake? No, Jesus was like, hey, do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Redemption. 
And so what I'm trying to say to y'all is no matter what your past is, don't hide from Jesus. That's the person you need to run to. That's the person you need to throw yourself out of the boat and get to. Don't avoid confrontation. Don't avoid church. Don't avoid worship or prayer. That's the person you need to talk to. Like, don't say, oh, well, what if he finds out? He already knows. Like, he already knows. Like, think about Peter's life. He denied him at a charcoal fire. He's like, Peter, why don't you come sit on a charcoal fire? (laughs) Wink, wink. Like, he knows exactly what you did, and he's still willing to sit with you and make sure that you have the moment to redeem it with him because he's got to redeem it. He needs you. He's like, hey, come sit with me. Like, let's talk. Like, you're not your past. I have such a good future for you. And so, friends, no matter what you have done, that does not define who you are. Um, No matter what you have been through, what your past is, what the enemy says that you are, no matter how public your past was, no matter if your past was posted, it's in your tagged photos, no matter if it was, you know, whatever it is, you're not stuck. You don't have to hide. God knows. He already died for you while you were a sinner. And you have hope for a future. You know, when you think about... um, the gospel as a whole, that Jesus came down and he lived this perfect life. And then he took on the weight of our sin and died on the cross. That's a really, really sad story to think about that, that he just died on the cross for us. But then the story gets really, really good when you realize, but he resurrected Mm -hmm. for us as well so that we get to be with him and bring glory to the Father and be with the Holy Spirit. That story is so powerful. And I want you to realize that your story holds that miraculous power too. But don't hide the past version because the reason why the story is so amazing is that he was dead. Like the reason why it was so shocking that he showed up to all those people is because three days before that he was in the tomb. Like the reason why it was so shocking that Paul was preaching is because he was once saw persecuting. The reason why it was so shocking that Peter was known for his courage and his bravery and the rock he built church is because he was so, he wavered so much. Like the power and the beauty of the story of the gospel is the miraculous side of the change that happens. So when you say like, oh, I don't want them to know how far I've gone. Like, oh, it's so embarrassing. Oh, they're going to know I changed. Well, you should change. Yeah. That should be that should be a part of your story. It, it should be something to say like, yeah, I actually did do that. And that is sad that I was that lost mm-hmm. or that, that that or that that happened to me and someone did that to me or that that I was such in a bad place. For me, I'm like, man, it is sad that I used to be so jealous. That I used to be so fearful, that I used to be so uh, looking for love in the wrong places, that I wasn't just rooted in my day with God, and that was shown to the world to see. That That is sad. But thank God yeah. that I met Jesus, and that He made me feel so loved, and that I know who I am, and that I can preach to And when I look at myself now, and when I look at myself then, and there's two different people, and praise God, yeah. that's how it should be. There's another verse I wanted to read to y'all. And then I want to end with a question. But it's 2 Corinthians verse, um, chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And that's it right there. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. So I want to ask you this question. This is a question actually in my book. And I thought this was fitting for right now. What is a word that you've been declaring over your past today? 
I want you to think about it. When you think about your past, what is the word that comes to your mind? Is it failure? Is it lost? Is it abused? Dirty? Sinful? Weak? Um, jealous? What is it? What, what is that word that comes to mind for you? Um, and everyone out there, as you're listening to this or as you're watching this video, I just want you to take a second. And I know maybe on a podcast, it might be weird to have a moment of silence. But I think every now and then you need to silence yourself for the Lord. And I want you to actually think, when I think about my past, does it still bring me shame? And if it's bringing me shame, what is that word I've been declaring over it? Um, so we're going to give that a minute. Just think. Now, I hope that you have that word in your heart. And if you feel shame for thinking about that, I want to encourage you today because I want you to change whatever that word is to another word, and that's redeemed. It's redeemed. It's made new. It's washed clean. And that is, of course, if you're a believer in Christ. But if we're going to be Christians and we're going to believe in Christ, the only way we're going to see the world change is if we truly change by the power of the gospel. If we truly let go of how weighty that past is and step into the, the newness of our new creation. And so I wanna pray with y'all today. And then I'm gonna leave this room open for comments. We might post this in the podcast. We might cut the rest of this out because we're having a moment here. Um, and I hope that you are too. I hope that you welcome your friends into this moment because one thing about the past is, like I said, as long as it's hidden, the enemy can make you feel like you're stuck. But the minute you speak it out and the minute someone else can come in you, come with you or Jesus can come in you and say, no, that's not who you are, you're redeemed. And when you believe that, that's when change happens. So we're gonna pray, then we're gonna have a conversation and we can decide where this goes. God, I just thank you so much for, uh, God, the power of the gospel. I thank you, God, that we don't have to be who we were because you've called us to be someone new, God. We don't have to um, live just entangled and burdened and weighed down by the sin that we used to live in, but we can actually live free and whole and redeemed by the blood of, um, God, you just giving yourself as a sacrifice for us, God. God, I thank you um, that you do make us new. God, I pray for just any sin that is just entangling someone's life right now that they still haven't gotten past. God, I pray that you break it off of them, break the chain. God, give them the conviction and give them the courage and the strength to move on. God, I pray that we would no longer let the world say who we used to be and the enemy say who we used to be and convince us that that's who we are. But God, would we be so rooted in the word? We believe so strongly the power of the gospel that we would believe without a shadow of a doubt that we have been made new. God, I pray that the world would see a difference by the Christians living uh, for who you've called them to be, by the Christians living as if they're a new creation. God, I pray that people would say, didn't you used to? So that we can say, yes, before I met Jesus, before Jesus made me new. But now, listen to the life that I have. Listen to the life that I live. God, I pray that we would preach and proclaim your gospel, preach and proclaim your name. But God, I pray first and foremost that we would live the gospel, God. 
I thank you so much for all that you're doing, for everyone listening. God, if someone's never accepted Jesus into their heart, and maybe today they're like, wow, like I have been living in shame. I have been living in condemnation. I have been living a sinful life, and I want something more. I want to follow Jesus. I pray right now in their heart, God, that they would surrender their life to you, confess their sin, and give their life to you, God. I pray that they would not just let this be a private moment, but they would call someone and make their faith public. Lord, we thank you so much for what you're doing in people's lives, what you're doing here in West Monroe today. And I just pray that this word would go out and just change people from the inside out. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Anyone have any like comments or anything to talk through? And I know this is one of those moments where it's like really hard to break the ice. But um, <laughs> even if it's a random question, even if it's like a how do you actually do this or that, I just want to create space to talk to y'all since y'all flew all the way here and uh, got to share a word. Um, I think it's just crazy how you were talking about like how this message, like who would touch and like this was for me. Like I feel like wow. I really need it. I'm just like, crying. Sorry. It's okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I'm so sorry. It's okay. You can cry. You can cry. Um, I grew up with an abusive dad and uh, hmm. Sorry, I just don't crying. Um, and I feel like the Lord has been pushing me to share my story, but I did things in high school because I didn't have any male role models. And I didn't have I didn't have a father figure, and um, I'm just still like today. Like as I was sitting here, I, all I could think about was how like you're so unworthy to be here. Mm. Like you shouldn't be here because of all the things that you have done. And um, this just really like impacted me and it was just really good to hear somebody mm. say that mm-hmm. say that I am redeemed like that was my old self like this isn't me mm-hmm. now no yeah it's just wow thank you for sharing that and I'm so glad that that was the word that I was able to share because like that was for you like we had a ton of people sending pictures and advice and we literally prayed like God show us the five and like you were one of them and then i prayed god tell me out of all these chapters which one to share and it was that one you know and so that was for you and i do want you to know like we all did stuff you know like we all did stuff and that's what the enemy would say like if they found this out then like then you would not be able to be here and that's not true even if we knew that you'd still be the person to be here you know because that's not who you are and like definitely give yourself grace because you know sometimes life isn't fair you know we have situations happen to us we don't have godly role models and you didn't know any better and now you do and now you get to become this amazing person and so i'm so glad you shared and i'm so glad you're here that's awesome it's awesome yeah um, I think it like along the same lines of what she was saying, it's just like crazy, like that you said redeem, because I feel like when you're stuck in so much shame, like it just feels like re- like redemption isn't an option, mm-hmm. and like our stories are very different. But I had a porn addiction for four and a half years, and like as a PK and like a girl especially, like that's not common mm-hmm. or like not talked about in the church, mm-hmm. and so almost like reverse of like no one knew what was going on so I felt like I was like living a lie mm-hmm. that like I was a Christian but no one knew what was going on in my life mm-hmm. and now like 
I didn't change, but almost like I have to tell that part of my story. And it's like it reveals back to like who I was mm -hmm. and they see me for who I am now. But like once they hear that part of my story, like I it's like there's a lot of fear that that's who they will see me now. Yeah. As if like I'm portraying something that I'm not. Mm -hmm. But like I know and I believe that the Lord's like redeeming me. Like, yeah. So confident in that. Yeah. I don't know what you have to say to like mm -hmm. Where it's almost like reverse, like no one knows. And yeah. So like when I put it out there, yeah. It's like oh, like so you're you're weird. Like you did that. Yeah. That's dirty. Like I can't believe that. Yeah. Like I feel like it shifts things like in a different direction. Yeah. And so I didn't know like what you would have to say to like that or like, for yeah. people like yeah. It's almost like the reverse. Like, oh, I totally get that. Well, first of all, I just want to say to you, you don't know how many girls say that to me. Like in our DM box in person. They always say to you, like, I have a porn addiction, and I feel like I can't tell anybody because no girl talks about that. People in the church don't talk about that. Mm -hmm. And so you are not alone. You are with a lot, a lot, a lot of people. And that is a huge tactic of the enemy. And when you're young and you get exposed to something like that, it is addictive, you know? And that, um, so, like, thank God you're free from that and you have been redeemed by that. But, like, I think when you share that, people are going to say, me too. And then they're going to be able to look at you. How did you overcome that? And I think one thing as far as, like, what people are going to think about you is I don't think that you can truly, like, you don't need to convince anyone that you changed. Just show them. Mm -hmm. And that is hard because convincing them might be faster. It's like, no, I've changed, da 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 Like, I haven't done this, and blah, blah, blah. But, like, if you just show them, and that's going to be over time, then that's going to be, like, the true powerful thing, you know? Because it would be, like, one thing if someone said, like, oh, yeah, and I break free for that. I'm not going to do that anymore. But then you're like, okay, well, let's see it. But then, like, if you just live it, then people are like, wow, like, she really is new. Like, she's on fire. And when people see, like, you confess something like that and it doesn't stop you, but it actually, like, launches you into your walk with Jesus and, like, your ministry, because that's what, that's what those moments do for us. Like, the moment with Peter, when he denied Christ three times and then God redeemed him three times, then right after he started the church. Like, it actually starts your ministry, you know? And when I say ministry, I don't mean, like, your platform. I mean, like, your literal ministry, like, on the ground with people, like, helping people make disciples. So, like, this is a moment for you to actually start your ministry. Um, and that is by sharing, you know, you know, confessing, sharing. That's your testimony. It's part of it, you know? And uh, if people judge you, then people people didn't like Jesus, you know, like this, that's actually part of it, you know, and you just have to know that, you know, that, you know, it doesn't matter what they say. It's what, the, it's what Jesus says. And that's why I want to make the strong point of like, people are going to talk. The enemy will try to come back again. That's so why like, you have to know who you are and you have to be rude in the word because people are going to say rude things. It's just kind of, unfortunately, part of it. But thanks for sharing that. And I do think that you're on the start of an amazing ministry.